My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers. What's up? Welcome to another exciting episode. Now, this week is going to be crazy for me because I have no idea what we're talking about. That's right. And it's a surprise. It's a surprise episode for Angela. So I'm glad I didn't shave my legs. I never shave my legs on recording days, <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't shave today Good. specifically. The I, I have, I'm fully prepared. I think I'm over caffeinated. So I know I'm going to be jumping a lot. Oh no. I know just based on the movie. So we kind of created this episode based around the movie that we're going to be talking about, which is new. We've never done it that way before. It's because this, is the coolest horror movie ever oh my gosh it's good I hate it and love it at the same time that's how I kind of feel about it too. Yeah. yeah it it made me cry like did it oh yeah horror movies rarely I mean they never make me cry because no. it's just horror you get disgusted by them but this yes. one was so psychological and yeah, drama family oh, drama like family you drama take and out the horror of this things, movie yeah and some things still... really hit yeah. home yeah I think everyone has moments in this movie where you can relate and moments in this movie where you're just like so shocked by what's happening mm -hmm. we're talking we're doing movie time right now we gotta stop <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get to, to it. it we'll get to it mm -hmm. so i'm really excited for this week's episode yes this is gonna be a fun one so nicole what has you in stitches this week okay first we have to do a shout out <gasps> yes i'm so excited yeah you guys we're getting reviews people are like commenting on our stuff and talking i, I we love it we we're love so you happy. we're so excited so shout out to shout out to b fulper from b. Fulper. apple podcast she totally gave us a five-star review and she's so sweet and or he or he they yes, they they they. <laughs> uh, they are so awesome and they left us a great review and we're so happy thank you so much thank you so much our hearts just like exploded we got so excited people are listening to Yay! us it's community's growing incredible like i can't believe i'm like people are listening to yes. us it's awesome yeah we're so, so happy thank you for yes. listening and the more people that we're gonna give shout outs to you guys i hope you don't mind yeah. you make us so happy we want to welcome you into our community so thank you be fulper we're be excited fulper. and my other my other stitches yes okay i am so excited yes because for the month of october we're trying to do some giveaways <gasps> yeah giveaways. so as, as we did in episode 13 with creepy dolls, I made that own my voodoo zombie amigurumi doll. It is so cute. If you guys haven't made one yet, you need to do it. They are so stinking cute. They're fun. I'm in love with these dolls. <laughs> Angela's so sweet. But yeah, we're, we're, but we're both making little ghosties. Yay, we're making a ghosties. lot of little things. So we'll keep an eye on our socials because we'll try to do some fun giveaways for you guys. Okay. <gasps> you guys can have something made by us. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. So yeah. So take a look at our socials. Keep an eye out. Maybe you'll win some stuff. Yeah. All right, Angela, what has you in stitches? Okay. I think everybody can relate to this. Have you ever had one of those days where you're like, okay, 
this is what I'm going to do when you're so excited and you're ready to go. And then something pops up and you're like, oh, I have to go take care of ants that are invading my husband's lunchbox every day. <laughs> or your kids need you or Little this, kids. that and the other. Everything is getting in your way. And then it's hours later and you're like, wait a minute. I still haven't recorded my podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm going through that right now with you. I know. This is this is what has me in stitches. We Nicole comes over to my house to record to the farm, right? And mm -hmm. it's several hours later than what it usually is before we record the podcast because things just kept getting life. in the way. Hashtag life. life. Hashtag life. So, you know, I just thought I'd share with you guys if I seem extra jittery. I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen today. So this is like, you're Whoa. on your edge of your seat. I know I literally am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> she is not exaggerating with that. I'm so she is so excited to have I can't this stop much moving because I have caffeine and episode. What is that song? Oh, Let's shake, it, shake off. it off. That's right. Shake it off. You're so funny. Taylor Swift. Well, we need to get into this episode. Yes, we do. Are we ready to get stitching? Let's get stitching. Okay, since our movie this week is hereditary, a creepy, awesome, scary, One amazing. One of the best horror movies ever. Yeah. I was like, what kind of stitch can we do with that? And Nicole's like, well, what's a stitch that, you know, that gets passed down from generation? It's like, yes. duh, a granny square. Yeah, granny square. To me, the granny square is the OG of all crochet. Which I've never done before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never even tried it, but it looks so cool. I mean, come on, think so about it. On the set ones, of right? Roseanne, they have the, right. the traditional granny square yes. blanket on the back. I think my first crochet blanket that was ever gifted to me is a granny square. Was it I really? Mean, yeah, Aww. yeah. Granny squares are everywhere. That's the OG of crochet. You make these beautiful little squares and then you stitch them all together and then you have this awesome blanket. I've never made a traditional granny square blanket, but I have done, I have a Christmas lantern square Ooh, blanket. So they're not right. squares, but it's the same principle. Yeah. It's a granny square, but it's in a lantern shape. And you put them together, And you right? stitch them together, yes. I like that blanket. You did such a good oh, job. Oh, thank you. She's it's so, so cute. Yeah. I love making the lantern square. It's not a square, but I'm going to call it a square. The lantern okay. pattern. Yeah. And stitching that together. But, you know, we've got to go back to the granny square. It is the OG. OG. That has been passed down from generation to generation. I am not going to talk you guys through a granny square right now because we have too much to get to. But please pop over to our YouTube and I will demonstrate a granny square on there for you. I'm just going to demonstrate a traditional granny square. The classic square starts with a magic ring. So you start off with a little circle and I then you make a circle ring. into a square. Yes, you can. Yeah, You're so good at magic square. Make a circle into a ring or uh, sorry, make a circle into a square mm -hmm. and you know, you can change colors, you can keep going, but it is a traditional granny square it's pattern. It's so pretty. Angela made an example of one and it's, she picked the cutest colors. It's like a yellowish gold and a pink. Yay. 
it's hot, so hot pink pretty. and yellowy gold. So cute. I like to throw teal in with that too. You That's love fun. teal. I love teal. Um, I love this is, but you said there's so many different ones, right? Different so many different variations of granny squares. So I encourage you guys to show us your granny square blankets. Please reach out to us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Send us pictures of your granny square blankets. If you have any that have been passed through your family, like hereditary, (laughs) or if you've made your own granny square, I've seen granny square jackets i've seen granny square shawls oh yeah those are cool we'll have to make some i have to look at that those are cool i love it does it look dated or does it look like it's like you could wear it it? depends on the colors that you that you do with it but yeah just think about the colors because roseanne's what you just like maybe like think about it yeah it's like old school 70s kind of colors yeah yeah those are fun yeah yeah, but you can do all kinds of things with Granny Square. So we want to see your creations. You can reach out to us on our email. Again, theominousstitch at gmail.com or drop pictures on our socials. We want to see what you've come up with with Granny Squares. They're so fun. That's awesome. Yeah, please share. I mean, even if you've done them before or you're making a new one, that's so cool. Or even if you have, like she's saying, shawls or coats. Yeah, coats. Pants. Pants. <laughs> Granny, squ- granny yes. Square pants. Granny square pants. I want pants. Let's now. do it. Oh, my oh we're, we're going to make, make granny square pants. <gasps> That's going to be so cool. I'm excited. We're going to do that. I'll call them my traveling granny square pants. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we will wear them when we go on our ghost hunting adventures. Yes. yes. I'll totally wear them. Okay. That's good. So I am done talking about granny squares. Okay. I am vibrating because I want to know what's happening with our story. So can okay. we please go to story time? Yes. It's story time. It's story time. Hey, Stitchers. Hey, Stitchers. Just a warning for this episode. It uh, is a trigger warning. We talk about, you know, true crime, but some rape and some murder. So listener discretion. Murder with true crime? No way. (laughs) No. Listener discretion advised. Are you ready for this? I don't know. (laughs) So we're going to dive in to our second true crime story. <gasps> oh no. Okay, get ready for a million oh my goshes coming my way. <laughs> Count them and take a stitch every yeah. time. That's the new amazing. Take, a, take stitch. a stitch. Now, it's crazy because I'm sure all of you listen to true crime podcasts. Yes. And I've had my fair share. I've never heard of this true crime story. Yeah. So this was really fun. And I was researching. I was like, oh, everybody talks about it, but I really haven't heard of it. Oh, okay. okay. You ready? Yes. This one's the giggling granny. The giggling granny. I got chills already. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Okay. Creepy giggling. There's that whole movie smile that's coming out. Oh, you guys, did you see the, I I posted it on our social a while ago, but it's the, they did a big promotion at baseball games for that movie. Did you see that? Yes. I saw that where, where they had actors sitting behind the plate. Yes. Just smiling. Just smiling. Oh yeah. And that was super creepy and super smart. Good job all the people PR people of smile because I'm gonna go see it now oh yeah you would I don't know I'm like I don't want to see it that's too creepy I want to see it okay but anyway giggling granny here we go so the giggling granny I have a picture to show her so she is smiling in that picture she's happy 
granny and I'll get to why. And if this is true crime and she's happy, that's not a good that thing. That is not a good thing. That's pretty ominous, right? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Nancy Hazel, known as Nanny Doss. So you're going to know her as Nanny. She was born on November 4th, 1905. Yeah. In Blue Mountain, Alabama to farmers Jim and Louisa Hazel. Heads up, Blue Mountain is now known as Aniston. Aniston. Which I didn't know. Like Jennifer. Hey. (laughs) Good correlation. Now, Doss had four siblings, one brother and three sisters. Unfortunately, she didn't have the greatest childhood, which most true crime... That there's a theme there. A big thing. A consistency happening. Yeah. Her parents rarely sent her to school. So, oh, no. Yeah. All the children were required to tend the family farm and keep up the house. Oh, wow. And even sadder, her father was very controlling and abusive of Nanny. Oh, no. Breaks your heart, huh? Yes. Nanny's mother, Lou, was very afraid of her hot-tempered husband and was the complete opposite of him. So she tried to be the loving, caring parent. Well, yeah. Trying to make up. Also, side note, it is believed that Jim may not have been Nanny's real father. (gasps) Yeah. As when Nanny was born, there were census records that show Lou, her mother, was living alone with a daughter. Oh. So this guy may have just came into her life a little later. Oh. We don't know. It's a mystery. Mm. Back to Nanny's childhood, by the age of five, she was doing some crazy high-maintenance farm work from plowing the fields to cutting wood. Dude, at age five? At age five. Oh, my gosh. Kindergarten. I barely trust my kids with... An axe? No, I (laughs) do not trust them with an axe. No. Like, with just little shears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything sharp. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to cut their fingers off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she was cutting wood. You know what this reminds me of? What? Uh-oh. No, no, no. It reminds me of the 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 parody movie of um the Johnny Cash story. Oh, oh, walk walk hard. Yes, walk hard. We love that movie. The wrong kid died. Wrong kid died. <laughs> that is one of our favorite movies. Yes. Oh, good job. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So she had to clear the land of weeds and debris. That's not as bad as the cutting the wood, but yeah. still. And if she was able to go to school, it was a two-mile trek there and back. So, <laughs> and about two miles yes, uphill in the in snow, the both snow, ways. Both ways, yep, that's her. Aww. And she didn't even go very much. At the age of seven, her family took a train to visit a relative in downstate Alabama. This was exciting for her as all she really knew was her farm life. Yeah. She didn't get up. Yeah. However, the locomotive had to make an emergency stop. And this caused Nanny to lurch forward and hit her head really hard on the iron seat frame in front of her. Oh, no. No seatbelts. Nope. This caused her to suffer pains and blackouts for months and headaches for the remainder oh, of her life. Big concussion and nothing was done. Nope. Oh, and we're going to circle Nanny. back to this later. Head trauma. Head trauma. Yeah. Head trauma. I, I you know, have right? a gajillion stories Ugh. about head trauma and how it can cause like a retardation in that person's development. Uh-huh. Like they just kind of get stuck at whatever age they had that head trauma and they, they don't really develop um, no. s- social skills past that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I and tried to seven. look this, yeah, I tried to look this up with the correlation of true crime and yeah. serial killers. Uh-huh. 
And there's nothing like concrete, but a lot of serial killers do suffer head trauma <sighs> as little kids. Yeah. It's it's just a, a pattern, a really similar pattern for all of them. Yeah. Oh, poor nanny. Poor nanny. As Nanny reached her teenage years, her hobbies included reading her mother's romance magazines, particularly the Lonely Hearts columns. Oh, yes. She wanted true love and dreamed of this picturesque life with a future husband. I don't know the song. I was going to sing Dear Future Husband, but I don't know it well enough to sing it. I've never heard of that. Megan Trainor. Oh. I just watched it. I've heard it, but it's been a really long time. And and I know it's like a doo-wop song. Oh. Nice. All this is, yeah. It's so, going to drive you crazy. Yeah. It's going to come to you a- after the podcast. Probably. And, yeah, <laughs> and you're going to sing it all day long. Watch. Okay. But Nanny and her sisters had their overbearing father. James forbade them to ever wear makeup or attractive clothing, thinking it would protect them from being molested. Oh, uh, even though, yeah, at home, it's not the, that same, right? Right. He wouldn't allow them to ever attend dances, social events, or any special occasions. So it was a very strict life for the girls. Wow. However, uh-huh. this did not stop Nanny from sneaking away and finding a little teenage romance here and there. Yep. It is thought that Lou, her mother, may have known, but she kept it to herself. Well, yeah, she's probably like wanting her girls to live life and experience things before they have to leave the house. I can't just, yeah, I have so many thoughts about being that strict and being that over your job for me. Okay. I'm going to launch into a soapbox here. So everyone hold on. Get it to me. And this is me. And I'm not putting this on anybody else, Okay, but I believe that my job as a parent is to prepare my children Mm -hmm. for what the world is like outside of. Yes, I do protect them and nurture them from some things, but I also want to make sure they have the tools available to themselves so that when they do go out in the world on their own, they are kind of, they're responsible and they can handle situations on their own and not be blindsided by the world. Right. So, you know, we take moments to give them more responsibility like, for example, moving to this farm and giving them more responsibility and understanding what hard work is about. But once they start entering their teen years, it's gonna suck. But, you know, I have to let them go experience things mm-hmm. and understand choices while they're still under my roof and I can help guide them a That's little right. bit. right. You want them to be good adults. Yes. That's always my goal. Yes. Good adults. Yeah. And if that means to let them go and experience some things here and there when they're a little older like you said, and come back and learn. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it. I'm unsure if this next phase in Nanny's life was what she really wanted or something her father wanted, but Nanny met Charles, a.k.a. Charlie Braggs, where she worked at the Linen Thread Factory in 1921. She was only 16 years old. Uh-oh. Soon Childbride. after. Yeah. Are we heading in that territory here? She oh, received no. her father's approval to marry him after only four months of dating. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. Different times. Different times. This was this way... This is in the 20s. This is like over... This is a century ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. To think about it that way. It is crazy to think about that way. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it feels weird. Okay. James Hazel approved of Charlie because he was, quote unquote, unlike the other boys in Blue Mountain who idled their time in cafes and at parties playing those crazy jazzy records coming out of New York. 
No. <laughs> so Charlie worked hard to support his mother, his paycheck basically going to her. To Nanny's father, this was good old-fashioned respect for his elders. Mm. Yeah. Charlie was the only son of an unmarried mother, and she insisted that after the wedding, they both move in with her. Of course, because yeah. she wants Charlie to continue to take care of her. I see some jealousy issues brewing up between the mother and the new wife. Yeah. I Am I heading in the right direction on that one? Uh, kind yeah. of, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Anything away. Okay. <laughs> you have your speculations. That's yep. good. Keep that in your head. Okay. Okay. And you I got can, my speculative pants on. I love it. Speculative. Is that the Spec- right word? <laughs> I don't know. Speculation pants. Speculation. Even after marriage, Charlie doted more on his mother than Nanny. Oh, no. Yep. Whenever Nanny wanted to do something or have people visit that Charlie's mom didn't want to do or approve of coming over, she would have her quote unquote spells. She would have a dizzy spell or a stomach cramp and Charlie would cave into her. Oh, oh, mama, that kind of manipulation. Yep. Well, mm. she's got nobody else except Charlie. There's so mm-hmm. much stunting of development and growth yes. happening with both families. Right. In Alabama at this point. Right. That's, that's not good. Nobody's no, not good. allowing anybody to grow up and, and be an adult here. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. So they would then either sp- send people, her immediate family home really early or just spend the evening at home playing Mahjong in the kitchen. Oh, That no. was kind of her pastime with Charlie. And soon after they got married, Charlie and Nanny had their babies for daughters. Four little girls. The information of when daughters were born vary from website to website. This was kind of hazy, but we know Melvina was first, then Gertrude, then Zelmer, and last Florine. Those are really interesting names. I thought that too. (laughs) Zelmer. Zelmer. Gertrude was. uh, Gertrude is a normal name. Melvina, I've never heard of. I've never heard of Melvina. And fluorine is is kind of like fluoride. It's fluoride and chlorine (laughs) at the same time. That's a good mixture. (laughs) Oh, fluorine. I'm sorry. We're not we're not laughing at your name. It's just a very odd. It's an interesting name. Yeah. Just we're never heard of it. Yeah. All right. Between being a mother, tending to Charlie's mother and keeping up the household, Nanny's vice became alcohol and cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And these vices became a chronic part of her life, which then led her to be a little more promiscuous and needed the attention of other men to make her feel wanted and attractive. Yeah, because she's not getting it from her husband because he's too busy doting on his mother. Yes, and she's got four kids to raise. I'm sure she's trying to do that by herself, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, that wasn't the job of the husband back then anyway. And he's occupied with his mother and she has no other resources at this point. Right. Like, I, yeah. Uh, I hate that you make me feel bad for these serial killers before (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Okay. However. (laughs) However. Okay. However, (laughs) she wasn't alone with those new affairs. Okay. Oh. Charlie was often inebriated and finding other lovers. Well, yeah, because they have communication issues in their marriage. They're not married at 16. You're not developed at 16. You're not like thinking straight at 16. That's when you're trying to figure out who you are, who you are and what you like. And that's why you 
date right or get to know other people and you don't settle at that point because you don't know 16 oh it's so oh, early there's so and they only much knew each other for four months yeah there's so much with this that we're like <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> well charlie would disappear often for days and nanny actually looked forward to those escapades because then she could meet up with her lovers oh yeah so win-win win-win <laughs> I like the, the, the voice win-win. <laughs> then in 1927, soon after Florine was born, tragedy hit the family. Two of their daughters, Gertrude and Zelmer, died. Oh, no. Yes. Both deaths were ruled accidental, <gasps> but was chalked up to suspected food poisoning. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the most ominous oh, no, I've ever heard. <laughs> Well, that was very ominous. That's how it felt, right? Yes. Yeah. Charlie Bragg seemed really, really scared of Nanny after this. Oh. And he took his oldest daughter, Melvina, and left Nanny, newborn Florine, and Mother Braggs alone. What? He was like, I'm going to take care of my mom all up to this point. Yeah. He's like, peace out, mom. Peace. I got a new, Bye. I'm taking my oldest daughter. She's better than you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> why would he leave his... I don't know why he'd leave and everybody the else. baby? Like, well, I know why he left Nanny, but yeah, yeah, we know because she's poisoning everybody. Well, it sounds like maybe possibly we'll see. Okay, yeah. Family historian Sherby Green mentioned later that Charlie stated he was frightened of his wife, as was his mother and the rest of his family. So why didn't he take Mom? Mama and the baby? Maybe it was hard to take everybody. He just thought that maybe just taking one daughter was the easiest escape plan. I don't know, but. I don't know. Charlie, you make no sense. No, they to me. did. Well, again, yeah, this was all crazy, anyways. Yeah. So after months of Charlie and Melvina's disappearance, Mama Braggs passed away due to natural causes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> skeptical pants. Yeah. I skeptic have my pants. skeptic pants on. Nanny was forced to work at the nearest cotton mill as she didn't know if Charlie would ever return and she still needed to take care of Florine. Mm-hmm. Now, in the summer of 1928, Charlie returned with Melvina. Oh, along okay. with a divorcee and her child on his arm. Oh, he's just flaunting it now. Yep. He's, no, he's like, like cool. I have a new family. I got a new family. He forces Nanny out of the house she was living in since she was 16 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah, POS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that it's still creepy about her, his two daughters, but you don't you don't go about things like that. But, you know, no. this was all messed up. No, no. Nanny packs her things up, uh, takes both daughters with her and they move back in with her folks. So, OK, so he just passed Melvina back, back. Mm-hmm. because he has a new family, a new family. He's like, I don't want this one. John List is learning. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. huh? <laughs> right. He's like, I heard the story. Oh, oh, that's so gross. Right. I have like, it's nasty. I need to shake it off. Yeah. Shake, shake it. it off. Shake it off. Taylor Swift again. Yep. Lonely, but not wanting to make the same mistake she made with Charlie. Nanny and her eagerness turned to her favorite pastime, the Lonely Hearts column in the local newspaper. Hey, she corresponded with a few men. But 23 year old factory worker Robert Franklin Harrison, who went by Frank, caught nanny's attention Ooh, 23 is 23. she rubbing the cradle here i don't know how old she is well let's see 1920 she's born in 19 1905 and it's 1928 by now so, so it's 
Same age, yeah, 23. Same, okay. They're, yeah, they're exactly the same. Okay. He, That's right, because she got married at 16. 16. Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. Frank was a very good looking man. He mm-hmm. was tall, rugged features, wavy hair. Uh, he was also a great pen pal writer, as Frank would send her poetry. Ooh. In return, Nanny would send him Randy letters. Oh, go, Nanny. Yeah. A pie. <laughs> A pie. a pie don't eat it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this is the good well she's not she's mad at good him mood. Yeah. yeah okay and a photo whoa yeah. just a year after divorcing charlie nanny and frank harrelson wed in 1929 oh maybe her life is gonna you know pick up now everything's gonna be great yeah is that how the story goes nicole <laughs> i wish you guys could see her face <laughs> i'm staring at angela <laughs> Alas. Alas, no. Nanny soon found out that Frank was also an alcoholic. Of course he was. Okay. Who had a criminal record and spent time in jail. Uh, He was just a smooth talker there. There you go. Yeah. Her and her girls moved in with him up north to Jacksonville, Alabama, but it was a very rough marriage. Mm -hmm. Nanny and Frank fought constantly and she had to pick him up from jail weekly as he would get into drunken Holy brawls crap all weekly? the time weekly oh no frank was also abusive in his drunken state and slapped nanny around oh, she, she married her dad her. yeah exactly yeah. well she was tricked yeah you can't meet tricked. people through columns apparently and, back then well and this goes back to she had a very sheltered life. Yeah. She had no life experiences. And she's trying to find that true love, but she can't <sighs> find it. Thankfully, I think the girls didn't receive the physical abuse, Good. but they would hear them fighting all the time. Well, that's almost as bad. Yeah. I mean, they aren't getting physical scars, but emotional Emotionally, scars. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just as bad. Yeah. So they're still married by the early 1940s. Oh, my Gosh, yeah. that 20 years. Yeah, and the, and the girls were now grown and married. Wait, 1929, 1940, because math. Oh, because math. Hashtag because <laughs> math. <laughs> What's 40 minus 29, Angela? I don't know, not 20. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I love it. 11? Yeah. yeah, hashtag math. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so at this point, though, the girls were now grown and married and gone. Good. I'm glad they're out of the house. Yeah. Melvina had a son named Robert in 1943 and in 1945 was about to have another child and asked Nanny to be there. After an intense labor, Melvina had a beautiful baby girl. Aw. Yet... Yet, no. Within the hour of oh. her arrival, oh. Melvina's baby girl passed. Oh, no. Now, this is where it gets a little strange. Am I going to cry, Yes, Nicole? maybe. Oh. And no confirmation about this either. Okay. But Nanny was taking care of the baby when Melvina passed out from the labor. She's sort of in and out of due to the drugs. She was given ether. Oh, gosh. And at one point, she was sort of lucid, and Uh she looked over at Nanny and her child. Melvina swore she saw her mom sticking a hat pin into her baby's head. (gasps) Okay, I'm going to pause for a second. Okay. Because that reminds me 
of do you know where I'm the going? Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yeah. Yes. The story of The Conjuring where yeah. supposedly Bathsheba. <laughs> She's got her hand on my shoulder. I do. I like, I wish you guys could see my face. I'm like turning colors. I can feel it right now. But like, you Sorry. guys remember this yeah. was episode one. Yeah. Bathsheba took, the hat. theoretically, yes. she took a hat or a pin. pin and killed. And, and was it her baby or was it? No, she was watching. babysitting. That's right. Yeah. That's to, right. To become a witch. Right. And to immortalize herself. That's the legend. Yeah. A baby did die in her care of getting stuck. And whether she stuck the baby with the needle or the needle was just in the blanket. Yeah, yeah. And they don't know know. for sure. But yeah, that's a pretty crazy speculation there. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Isn't that creepy? And she's out of it. So she doesn't know. But this is where it gets even spookier. No. She wasn't sure if it was real or not, right? And uh-huh. the facts the fact that the doctors they couldn't even figure out why her daughter passed so soon made Melvina more suspicious of her mother. Yeah. I mean, she watched her mom maybe yes. poison. And I'm sure Melvina's the one that was I'm gonna say kidnapped, but taken by yes. her father. Right. And so I'm sure he spun a lot of that mm-hmm. information towards her, like your mom poisoned your sisters. Oh yeah. I'm sure she heard that all the time. Yeah. So of course she's gonna be suspicious of her already. Mom. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be be suspicious. suspicious. When Melvina finally went home after labor and after all that incident, she told her sister Florine and and husband Mosey about what she thought she saw or perhaps it was a dream. This freaked them out because they had seen Nanny earlier in the evening playing with the pin exactly like it, turning (gasps) it over and over between her fingers. Oh, Nanny. Melvina, you were right. I hate this so much. My heart is breaking. But what causes Nanny to kill a newborn baby? I mean, I know what causes her to poison her kids, but a baby? A newborn baby? I can't even imagine unless she's like, you don't need to suffer the world. And she thought she was putting it out of its misery. But oh my God, it's a baby. It's a baby. Oh, Angela's in tears almost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll keep moving. Okay. 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 Heads up. Things keep getting sadder. (laughs) (laughs) I put that in my notes. (laughs) Oh, that didn't help. Oh, no. I'm not helping anything, am I? I'm so sorry, Angela. Okay. Things do get sadder. Perfect timing. Okay. (laughs) All right. July 6th, 1945. It's only six months after the devastation of Melvin's baby girl passing. Her son, Robert, was left in Nanny's care. No. I don't know why. Nanny is not a good nanny. No, Nanny's not a good nanny. Melvima went to stay with Charlie Braggs, her father, uh, and there are different versions of why. Okay. Some say Melvina and Mosey, her husband, were having marital issues So Melvi- because Melvina was dating a soldier that Nanny didn't like. Wait, Melvina... Was having marital issues with her husband because she was dating somebody else. Correct. Melvina was dating somebody else. That's what one version of the story is. Yes. So they're having problems. She started dating somebody on the side. But and, she's married. And she's married. Oh. And Nanny didn't like this soldier. So well, that's one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's one version. Okay. The other version says Melvina had a big fight with Mosey, which same thing, marital issues. Mm -hmm. But either way, she left Robert in her grandmother's care. Oh, Melvina. That same night, Robert passed away. Oh, no. Again, the cause of death befuddled doctors 
and they concluded he died of asphyxia from unknown causes. Oh, no. Nanny put on quite the act, claiming she had no idea what happened to Robert and grieved at Robert's funeral. But then only several months later, a $500 life insurance check had her name on it as Nanny had a policy taken out for Robert. Yet no one said anything. Why wouldn't anyone see like see that? Like that that threw me off. I was like, why would she took a policy out on a child? Yeah. And then he dies in her care. Yeah. That would not That's fly a big red now. Flag. Yeah, that would not like, happen hello? now. Hello, it's a kid. Why would he she put a a policy on a kid? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, I'm like stunned and speechless right now. Well, obviously I'm talking, so I'm not that speechless. <laughs> but like I don't even know. This How is to just, process, right? This is insane. It's very insane. It's it's creepy. It's really creepy. Ugh. The summer of 1945 was when World War II finally saw its dramatic end. Nanny and Frank had been married for over 16 years as well, putting up with Frank's physical and emotional abuse. So almost 20. You're <laughs> rounding up. You're perfect. And we're getting there. We're getting we're there. We're getting close. In September, though, of 1945, Frank Harrelson went to his usual spot, the tavern, to welcome home friends from overseas to celebrate the end of the war. And of course, he got super loaded. Of course he did. When he returned home, he Oh, he didn't have to go to the... No, he wasn't. He was just at the tavern celebrating. She didn't have to go pick him up at jail. No, he came home on his own. Wow. Stumbled home somehow. Good Frank. (laughs) But when he did return home, he demanded sex from Nanny and she refused. Uh Uh-oh. He told her that if she didn't, he, quote unquote, wouldn't be here next week while slamming her into the wall. So she didn't want to be beat by him, and she complied. Oh, no. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, yeah. I mean, she got raped, I'm sure. Yep, she was raped. Yeah. The next day, while tending to her little rose garden that she loved, she found a hidden bottle of Frank's corn liquor jar. She took that jar to the storeroom, poured half of it out, and added rat poison. Oh, Nanny. That same night, Frank died in excruciating pain. Yeah. Nanny washed out the bottle of liquor, and most people thought he died of food poisoning, but none were the wiser. Oh, she, oh, I I can't believe how much she's getting away with. Oh, everything. This is insane, How times have changed, huh? Yeah, this is insane. Yeah. Now, this is where Nanny's life becomes a little hazy. Oh, no. It is said by one website that after collecting enough life insurance money from Frank's death, Nanny bought a plot of land and a home near Jacksonville, Alabama. Some say she traveled the country by train, possibly going to New York, uh, possibly to Idaho, but no one knows exactly what she was up to at this point. Uh-oh. There are records that she may have even been married to a man named Hendrix. But there's no concrete evidence of this happening or if maybe he was murdered by her. But no one will ever know. But we Uh do know she turned up again in Lexington, North Carolina in 1947 because of another response in the Lonely Hearts column. Oh, Nanny. Yeah, Nanny found Arlie Lanning, who used to live in Alabama as well. It was love or lust at first sight because Mm -hmm. Arlie and Nanny married just two days after meeting for the first time. What? 
two days. What? Okay, so uh, she she has learned nothing. Nope. I mean, she knew Charlie four months mm-hmm. for four months, mm-hmm. and then got married, and that didn't work out. Nope. And then I don't know how long she knew Frank, but it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Um, just probably a couple months, maybe. Maybe, yep. We don't know how long that was. And they got married and that, that was quick. Yeah, that didn't work. So two didn't days. Sure. Let's just keep shortening the time period and that's going to make the marriages work. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> she just wanted to find love so bad. Oh, this nanny. is her twisted brain going, yeah. I love you. I think you're the one. And yeah. let's jump into it. No, she does not know love. She doesn't she know doesn't love. She doesn't know what love is. Nope. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a good one. Yeah. Arlie wasn't an abusive alcoholic like Frank was. Oh, good. That's a step in the right direction, Nanny. Yeah. But unfortunately, he was still an alcoholic, not abusive. Oh, well. <laughs> but he still drank. He still drank. Okay. <laughs> and he was a womanizer. Oh, if Arlie drank or flirted too much, though, Nanny would disappear. Uh Oh, where would she go for days, even months at a time? (gasps) And we don't know. (laughs) Sometimes she was just gone. Sometimes she just left a crumpled note that would say gone. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But then suddenly she would reappear. Arlie never questioned her coming and going. She blamed it on the drinking and the women. And so when she would leave for long spells, he would swear he would stop drinking. He would just, I'm going to go cold. I'm just going to cold turkey. And to the neighbors, Nanny was the perfect wife. Oh my gosh. She would be seen doing chores, cooking, cleaning, and her long trips were explained as visits to see her sister Dovey, who did have cancer at this time, or Arlie's 84-year-old mother who needed help with her house chores. She was also the avid avid churchgoer at her local Methodist church. And sometimes Arlie would tag along to church outings where other members gossiped about how he was a rapscallion. Oh. Yeah. Before his marriage to Nanny, he was spotted at the Lower Lexington Dives and hanging with the prostitutes there. Uh-oh, Arlie. Yep. They felt so sad for Nanny, this best homemaker, church-going Right, yeah. Sweetheart. They have no idea. They don't know. Yeah. So while Nanny was looked up upon as, as a saint... Arlie, this terrible burden. No one thought twice when Arlie passed away in February of oh, 1950. Oh, no. <laughs> he came down with some violent symptoms of vomiting, sweating, and dizziness. Yeah, because of the rat poison. <laughs> the doctors knew it was heart failure, but they chalked it up to possibly the flu virus that was going around or that his body was just not in the best shape since he was a drunk. So there was no reason for suspicion. Oh, my God. And because of this, they brushed off any inkling of conducting an autopsy. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodbye, Arlie. Oh, no. And Nanny's words to her neighbors. Uh-huh. He just sat down one morning to drink a cup of coffee and eat a bowl of prunes I especially prepared <sighs> for him. Up until then, why, let me tell you, he looked in fine shape. Then, well, two days later, dead. I nursed him. Believe me, I nursed him, but I failed. Okay, first of all, I so appreciate the accent. That was awesome. <laughs> that made that 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 made this like a little happy moment for me. 
Um, Second of all, yes. like she fed him. A, I just fed him a bowl of prunes. Yeah, that's her. Apparently, this is her calling card. She made prunes and prune pies and coffee. And, and that's where she hid the poison. And that's where she hid the poison. Oh, nanny. But like she's nobody's even like no suspicious i don't understand that she's a good actress well You'll i mean hear she's, this. she's basically telling them i just fed him prunes yeah, i don't I know, know what happened yep. i nursed him believe me yep. i did yeah so it keeps going oh dear lord and with a dramatic pause to wipe the tears from uh-huh. her eyes she stated poor poor arlie you know what he said to me before he breathed his last Nanny, he said, Nanny, it must have been the coffee. <laughs> so she's telling them exactly where she hit the yes, poison. And they're still like, oh, no, poor Nanny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is insane, it's Nicole. Insane. Isn't this crazy? This is insane. It just keeps going. It I just like, keeps going. Oh, okay. How is she getting away? How? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I'm just going to keep going. Okay, keep going. April 21st of 1950. A couple months after Arlie passed away, Nanny packed her beloved television. This was her favorite pastime. <laughs> her television. Oh, we're, so we're past the Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah. Thing. She loves her magazines and her newspapers, but TV is TV. like her thing TV now. is the thing. Yeah. Got it. And she explained, I was on my way to have it repaired. At the same time she was out... Arlie and Nanny's home went up in flames and burned all the way down to the foundation. Arlie wrote in his will that the home was to be his sister's in the event of his passing. Oh, gosh. Nanny. And how much uh, insurance money did she get from this? We don't know, but the insurance check was made (laughs) to Arlie Lanning deceased, and it was mailed to his widow who was staying at Arlie's mother's home. Soon after, Nanny cashed that check, then left again. But only after Mrs. Lanning, Arlie's mother, mysteriously passed in her sleep. Oh, of asphyxiation? Was this another, like, pillow-over-the-face moment for her? I'm going to assume. But that's a mysterious death. (sighs) Dovey, Nanny's sister, was bedridden with cancer, remember? Mm -hmm. And that's where Nanny showed up with her TV in Gadsden, Alabama. Nanny supposedly tried to help nurse her sister, of but course. alas, on June 30th, she had a belly full of prunes and coffee. Dovey passed away in her sleep. Oh, oh, not prunes and coffee not this time. Not prunes and coffee. Pillow. Pillow. Nanny. Gosh, why isn't anybody doing no anything doing about this? Anything. It's it's almost like, okay. She's like a hurricane. We have a running joke because you remember uh, Murder, She Wrote. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Angela Lansbury. Right is always surrounded by death, but nobody ever accuses her of the one who's committing the murders, right? Oh, you just blew my mind. <laughs> you just blew my mind. That's our running joke. It's like, if, if you're right, you don't want to be friends with her because if you invite you're her over, die. you're going to die. Somebody's going to die. Yes. And nobody's, she's not suspected of anything. I'm like, okay, this is Angela Lansbury. You're right. Nobody suspects Nanny. No, Nanny, because... She's got charm and charisma, and she's just such a happy, happy person. Oh, the giggling granny. The that's giggling right. Granny. Oh, this is crazy. I think like somebody would suspect something, something. right? No, there's no digital traces at that's this point. True. And that's where 
now it would be, you know, very hard to, to get away with anything right yeah. now. Yeah. But no one knows because this is rural Alabama. Right. We move through time. Oh. 1952. It's not that far. Than oh, okay. We see Nanny now as a 47-year-old. She's no longer got her girlish physique and she's aging like we all do. Ah, stop it. 47. Yeah. I'm almost there. <laughs> but this was back then when they didn't like, that's true. take care of yeah, themselves. That's true. Well, I think we're okay. We're still young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40 is like the new 20. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but still she has a charisma and knows how to put on a show. Oh, that nanny. That nanny. She decided to join the Diamond Circle Club. It's basically our Tinder or Match.com. Oh, yeah. well, hey. Yeah. Unlike Tinder, <laughs> this was more for your serious folks looking for life partners. And the membership was $15 per year. Ooh, that's pricey. That was pricey back then. Instead of profiles at your fingertips, these folks would receive a monthly newsletter with the newest members and what they were looking for in a partner. Aww. This is where Nanny meets her fourth husband. Oh, hey. Retired salesman Richard Morton in Emporia, Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Oh, Kansas. He was smitten with Nanny after meeting her and even wrote the Diamond Circle Club asking them to delete their names from the availability list. Oh. Yeah, he thanked them for introducing him to the sweetest and most wonderful woman I have ever met. Mm -hmm. That's how mm -hmm. charming she is. The two were married in October of 1952 and Nanny moved in with Richard in Kansas. Things in the first two months are great. Okay. Morton was a super handsome man again mm -hmm. who would buy her things all the time, clothing, jewelry, etc. But Nanny would soon find out she just didn't know how to pick him. And so did Morton. Uh-oh. Morton's extravagant spending was unfortunately digging him into debt. Uh -oh. The spending was not only on Nanny, but another woman in town. Of course. Of course. He would go into town to run errands, and these runs would become longer and longer. Nanny investigated his whereabouts and learned that he was seeing a lady he had known before they were married. Oh, she knows how to pick him, huh? Oh, Morton. That's not good. Not good. By Christmas, Nanny started back into answering the Love Wanted ads in the Kansas newspapers. She had fooled the writers into thinking she was a widow, and letters would pour in promising her the life and love she needed so desperately. Well, I'm sure she is soon to be a widow, if I know Nanny. If you know Nanny and her and her pattern, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, that's funny. I just wrote she's this. gonna she's gonna take out a life insurance policy as soon as that happens. You better watch your back, man. Yeah. Don't eat the prunes. Don't eat the prunes. Don't drink, Don't drink, the, drink coffee. the coffee. Nope. Nanny's previous pattern was about to reform when out of the blue, her uh -oh. father passed away. Oh, her mother Lou broke her hip and needed help and care. So she insisted on moving in with Nanny in January of 1953. Oh, she's going to mess up Nanny's groove here. Exactly. Uh oh. This threw a whole big wrench in Nanny's sinister plans, <laughs> but no big deal. Uh oh. Within a few days of Lou's arrival, guess who passes she away? She starts to complain of severe stomach oh, pains. Oh my God. And then she dies. Of course. Now, let me jump out of the, the timeline real quick. Uh huh. Later on, Nanny vehemently denies poisoning her own mother. But the symptoms and speed that Lou met her demise bears a lot of resemblance to those who came into Nanny's presence and passed away. Yeah. Come on, Nanny. 
Nanny's being very in denial about this. Yeah. And lo and behold, yeah. three months after her own mother is laid in ground, Richard Morton also develops severe stomach pains and keels over in the same manner as Lou. Of course. We find out later that Richard Morton drank a thermos full of coffee spiked with arsenic. Arsenic. Ah. Oh. Goodbye. Golly. Okay, what's insane? I even put this in my... The, this isn't insane so this far? Is, no, this is even more insane. Oh, but dear Lord. No one asks questions about the circumstances of both deaths. <laughs> even Why? doctors. No one asks questions. I don't understand at all. This is so crazy, Nicole. I found a good one, huh? Oh, yes, you did. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like losing my mind over here. It's insane. Okay. On to the fifth husband. Oh my gosh. Just a few months after her fourth husband and mother passed, she finds another gentleman through the newspaper love columns and travels to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Nanny meets Sam Doss. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sleeping down the plain, Oklahoma. This is actually good. You can, this is a happy part of, I think. Oh, Sam Doss. Well, okay. Well, that's the name of. that she landed on, Nanny Doss. That's so, right. okay. There is some contradicting info online regarding what Sam Doss did for a living in his past. One site, or a couple sites actually, say he was a Nazarene minister who lost his family in a tornado in Arkansas. Oh, no. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. The other sites say he was a state highway inspector. That sounds more plausible. Sure, right? Yeah. Either way, we know that he wasn't really an exciting man. This is opposite <laughs> of all of Nanny's previous She finally husbands. chose opposite. Okay. She, he definitely was a religious man, and he mm -hmm. didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't chase women, or he didn't even spend his money frivolously. He looked young at the age of 59 years old, and he was just looking for someone conservative to live out the rest of his days with. So he picked wrong. <laughs> you read my mind. Did I? <laughs> I wrote in my notes. Seriously, he chose wrong. Oh, you did. <laughs> that is so creepy. See, this is how like the same wavelength we're on. This is insane. Yeah, he chose wrong. Nanny started to get very irritated with how Sam controlled everything. He controlled everything. Daytime schedules, pinching his pennies, even sex was pre-scheduled. It was very. Oh, wow. Okay. By the book. Uh -huh. He told her she couldn't read her romance novels and watch her shows and can only watch and read educational material. It mm. was boring for her. Yeah. She decided to leave him to show how frustrated she was with everything opposite of her normal ways. Right. Uh, but this actually worked in her favor. As soon as she left, Sam wrote her pleading letters to come home and asked for her forgiveness. And then he even added her to his bank account. Uh-oh. When this wasn't enough, he took out two life insurance policies naming her the beneficiary. Oh, Bingo. Mr. Dawes. No, sir. Hey, man. No, sir. September 1954. She returns to make him a nice dinner followed by her famous prune, prune cake. Oh, of course. <laughs> that night, Doss becomes violently ill, but is in bed for days losing a lot of weight. His doctor is able to come to him and tell him to go to the hospital where he spent three weeks recovering. Oh. And okay. he does make a full recovery. Whoa. The, lucky yeah, duck. Lucky duck. 
The hospital declares that Doss had a severe infection to his digestive tract and was released in early October. Welp. Sam Doss was, had one peaceful afternoon at home with his ever-loving wife. <laughs> then she cooks him this huge pork roast dinner accompanied by a delicious hot cup of coffee. Ding, ding. Oh, he no. finished everything. And before midnight, Sam Doss keeled over dead. Oh, Sam. This very sudden death of a patient that was just released in healthy condition from the hospital signaled some red flags for the doctors. Finally. Finally. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Schwelbein, the, the phys- physician who examined Doss right before his release, ordered an autopsy. Thank you. Somebody with sense. Somebody. He was able to convince Nanny to do this because he said it would save lives. So she said, okay. I don't know how. Sure. Well, because she's never been caught before. So she's she like, thought she was invincible. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Sure enough, Schwelbein found remains. And I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Schwelbein or Schwelbein. Schwelbein found remains of the pork roast dinner and enough arsenic to kill a team of horses. Oh, dear. When the hospital asked where the arsenic came from, Nanny Doss was at a loss of words. And with that, they sent the police to arrest her. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is where it gets just as fun at the police station. (laughs) Just as fun. It's just as fun. Detectives have a hard time getting a confession from Nanny on the alabamaheritage.com website. They state officers found Doss's demeanor surprising rather than act with the harsh stoicism of a murderer. She flirted and giggled with the policemen, possibly demonstrating some of the skills that won her five husbands, four of whom she killed. Doss was an avid reader of romance stories, and she may have patterned her behavior after the heroines she loved reading about. Uh Uh-huh. That makes so much sense. Okay. One website claims that she had a romance magazine that she was able to look through while being interrogated. I don't know how she got it. She, she got some charm. That's that it was that was yeah, really she's, she's charming. Yeah. But hour after hour they, I get it. She's probably like, Well, y'all wouldn't mind yes. if I just read this sweet little magazine. That's exactly while I'm it. waiting to to, to to talk with you guys. Putting on a show. Yeah. Yep. Hour after hour, they kept trying to question her with no luck. After hours of her giggling, saying things like, oh, boys, come on now. I killed nobody. I don't know why you think I did. And then telling her they knew about her past husbands and even family members dying the same way Sam Doss did. She still was as calm as a cucumber giggling away, telling them not to be foolish. (laughs) Don't be foolish now. Come on, y'all. I would never do something like that. Exactly. I'm just a sweet little I'm girl. A little, oh, yeah, she's a little old lady into them. Oh. However, special agent Ray Page, lead investigator in Nanny's case, took the magazine from Nanny's hands and said, Nanny, there are others too, aren't there? A lot of people around you dropped dead over the last couple decades and their ghosts are coming back to haunt you. Yeah, Angela Lansbury. They're here, Nanny, in this room. Put them to rest, Nanny. Put them to rest. And finally, she giggles again and confesses about poisoning Sam Doss's coffee, but not out of maliciousness. She claimed... I'm poisoning it because it was fun. Yes. Like, she claimed... He wouldn't let me watch my favorite programs on the television, and he made me sleep without the fan on the hottest nights. He was a miser and... 
Well, what a woman to do under those conditions. Are you kidding me? That's what That's she said. That's her argument? That's what she said. Oh, sh- oh. <laughs> oh sh- you're about to say some fun words there. They well, bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> they asked her to tell them about the other husbands, and she said she would only do that if she could have her Romantic Hearts magazine back. Oh, my God. They complied. She complied. Oh, dear. She Lord. confessed about Richard Morton, Arlie Lanning, and Frank Harrelson. She described she wanted love but received dullards. And she said, if their ghosts are in this room, they're either drunk or sleeping. <laughs> but she only confessed to the ex-husbands, nothing about her family members. And the baby. Yeah, right? Yeah. The morning after Nanny confessed, Special Agent Page and the other detectives from Tulsa traveled to Kansas, North Carolina, and Alabama to exhume all her deceased husbands and family members, which included her mother, her sister Dovey, her nephew Robert, and her mother-in-law, Arlie Lanning's mother. All deceased spouses and her own mother were found to have traces of arsenic or rat poison. Yep, ding, ding, ding. The other family members did not have arsenic, yet concluded that all died by asphyxia. Mm-hmm. Police and doctors believe that most likely they were smothered in their sleep. Yep. Once news hit about the exhumation of Nanny's deceased lovers and family members, Charlie Bragg, the only surviving ex-husband, was hounded by reporters. He was reported saying, she was always running off with one man or another, never home, and was about town more than me. And anyway, to tell you the truth, I was glad when she was off. It got to a point where I was afraid to eat anything she cooked. I smelled a rat. Mm, Oh, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie did ask that his two deceased daughters be exhumed and examined like the others, but the government already had enough to send Nanny to jail for a long time, so they declined his request. Mm. Circling back to Mm -hmm. her train event when she was seven years old, Nanny blamed her murderous behavior on the head injury she received. Mm-hmm. And journalists gave Nanny the nickname Giggling Granny because every time she would tell the story of how she killed her late husbands, she laughed as well as how her police investigation went down. Oh, it's like chills. This is like and you so, see her. I see her. She's like smiling in this picture. She's like, I'm a sweet all little the, old lady. Yeah, all the I cops are all serious. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't understand she doesn't understand understand. any of this and of course she's going to pass the blame it wasn't her it's always something else always something else oh this is so just i feel gross right yeah after being asked why she killed her ex-husbands she responded i was searching for the perfect mate the real romance and life that's a real good reason to kill people yep yep so you aren't it so eat some cake and have some some coffee coffee. although she committed her murders across multiple states the state of oklahoma was going to try her for sam doss's murder only Uh, a few psychiatrists talked to her and they diagnosed her mentally sane once this took place her trial date was set for june 2nd 1955 in tulsa oklahoma however Due to her lawyers not knowing how to advise her in any other way, Nanny Doss pleaded guilty on May 17th, 1955. Judge Elmer Adams sentenced her to life imprisonment. She was facing the electric chair and would have been the first woman to be executed in Oklahoma. Wow. However, 
The judge did declare her insane and explained later he did not want to set a poor precedent by executing a woman and especially not a person with mental disabilities. She was 50 years old when she was finally sent to jail. Dude. After two years in jail, uh-huh. she lamented that she should have been put to death. Because jail's not fun. Jail's she not can't fun. meet men. Yeah. She was interviewed in prison. This is really funny. Okay. Doss complained that the only job she was allowed there was in the laundry and she was politely declined when she offered to work in the kitchen. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine why they would say, uh, <laughs> no, nope. no, thank you. <laughs> good. We, we don't want your coffee. We don't need your prunes. Oh, Nicole. <laughs> Nanny Doss died of leukemia in oh. the prison's hospital ward on June 2nd, 1965, 10 years after she was incarcerated. And that's the tale of the giggling granny. Oh, man. That was a crazy, crazy story. I've never heard of that. And I'm so surprised because I, like I said, I listen to so much true crime when we're doing my crochet. Right, my right, right. And that story never came up. And I just, that blew me away there is so much wrong there to unpack yeah that is a crazy story crazy ride oh hey i feel like i need crazier oh yeah i guess it's time (laughs) it's time it's time for movie it's movie time movie time Okay, are you guys ready for movie time? Movie time. Time to talk about hereditary. Hereditary. Okay, let me give you a little gist, and then we got some some discussion. Good to go. Yeah. All right, so Hereditary was released in 2018. IMDb rating of 7.3 stars. Synopsis. This is a short one. A grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. <laughs> they didn't yeah. want to give anything else away. No. Which we're, we're going to be very guarded. Yeah, so because heads up. Spoiler we, alert. We both really recommend this movie. Yes. It's hard to watch. I give it a, I, I called it cringy. This it's, is, I, I can't get any past that. It's, it's beyond cringe. <laughs> It's so cringy. There are, okay, are you done with the synopsis? Can we dive in and talk? Or is there more, or is there more of the synopsis part? No, I but, was just going to talk about the actors real quick. Yeah, that's what that. I was going to talk okay, about too. Okay, okay. Probably one of my most favorite actresses in the entire world, the incredibly wonderful, lovely Toni Collette yes. did an insanely amazing job. She was so freaking good in this movie. Yep. I, I put it in my notes. She should have received all the awards. All the awards. And she did. She did win a slew of them. Oh, she did? Okay, yeah. good. She good. did win a she slew should of have. them. I even put it in because I was looking it up. Yeah. She included, uh, She won an award for bravest performance by the Alliance of Women Film Journalists. Yeah. Like that was like, I was like, that's, that's hits that on the head. That's, yeah. that's a good award yeah. for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She was so good. She made this movie. Yeah. I don't think anybody else could have played it as well as nope. she did. And um, I love Gabriel Byrne, too. Yeah. I, I always love everything he's in because he's got such a gentleness about him. And he has to be the aloof father in this. Like, he does a really good job yeah, I portraying mean, that. Like, yeah. To me, he tries to 
be the glue, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really know how nope. to do that. So he he's the glue by really just being a Band-Aid. He's like, I'm going to kind of just patch it over, patch it over a little mm-hmm. bit. And we're going to ignore everything that's really festering underneath the family. Right. And it's a beautiful line that he's mm-hmm. performing. And he does that so well. I agree. He's He was the perfect choice. And Tony Collette mm-hmm. was just so insanely good. She's perfect I for this role. I love her. And the actor who plays the son. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. You guys know him from Jumanji. Jumanji. He is so good. He, is, he was cast perfectly for that yeah. role too. It was He's really good. so good. And Millie Shapiro is Charlie. Millie Shapiro. It was she. I can't believe how well this whole family was put together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bravo to the casting yeah. department yeah. on this. It was so good. Millie Shapiro. I think it's there's moments about her that remind me of one of my children. Oh, no. I think because it, it's her haircut. Yeah. That's really I her haircut, that. right? Mm-hmm. You know which kid I'm yep, talking about. I do. And so when things happen with her character, I think that's what really made me like lose it. Yeah. You got real emotional, huh? I got really emotional Yeah, just because elements of her remind me of it's the hair. Yeah. It's the haircut really. I see that. <laughs> um, and I didn't know this. So it, this was directed and written by Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. He also directed Midsummer. Have you ever seen that no. movie? We are going to do that one at some point. Okay. And that's a really good movie okay. that has Florence Pugh in it. And she does oh. a really good job. But I okay. won't give it away. Okay. But Ari Aster, like, yeah, kudos, man. That was such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> such a good movie. Okay. Do you want to go first about your true story or do you want me to okay. talk about the true story for this? So you talk about your true story first because I want to know how far into okay. what happens in okay. this that we're going to give so away. So <laughs> I was diving into the movie online. I was just trying to research a lot of it because again, I love this movie. This is one of my top favorite horror movies of all time. There's a lot of layers and a lot of yeah. elements to go into this movie when you see it. But if we talk about too much of it, we'll give too much of it away. So it's a really fine line. I know. Do we want to spoil it? Well, you talk about okay. your... well. Watch it anyway. Yeah, you guys are going to watch it and come back if you don't want anything spoiled. Okay, go watch it, come back. But here is what I'm going to reference of. There's a true story based on this movie. So in August of 28th of 2004, okay, John Kemper Hutcherson, he's 21 years old, and his best friend Francis Daniel Brome, 23 years old, went out to a bar in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Brome started to feel ill, so they both left. Hutcherson was driving drunk, and Brome's head was hanging out of the window when Hutcherson <sighs> ran off the road and sideswiped a telephone pole support wire, decapitating his best friend. Hutcherson then drove 12 miles back home where he left his decapitated best friend in his truck. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, a neighbor who was walking his baby daughter found the corpse and called the police. And Brom's head was found in the bushes near the pole that decapitated him. Mm-hmm. Hutcherson was immediately arrested. Bail was set to 100000 But the family of Francis Daniel Brome actually pleaded for his release. The bail was set to 50000 and he left jail roughly two weeks later. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. And so there's a scene in the movie. If you guys seen this, this movie. This is the part that makes me cry. Yeah. So yeah. The, this particular scene, there's a scene where something similar may or may not happen. <laughs> similar. similar. But it's, if you watch it again... First, when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, that was a crazy accident. No. When you watch it again, you'll see it was caused. It was on purpose. So it's yeah. not an accident. Uh, oh, okay. 
I was so shocked and mad and upset. And this is the scene that made me cry. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe that when this happened, Mm -hmm. that nothing was done immediately and nothing was discovered until later. And it was just kind of like breezed over. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't know what to do. It was again, it was a festering thing that Mm -hmm. was, let's fix it with a Band-Aid and just kind of pretend nothing happened kind of a moment. And Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, now that I know the movie and I know more about what's going on with the movie, I understand how this was something that was caused in the movie. Right. And it had to happen like that. I get it. Okay. I still don't like it, but I get it. (laughs) So yeah, it's a... So, so my, oh, go ahead. Are you done with your, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to do some a little more reviews. You tell me your story. Cause I'm dying to hear it. Okay. So my story has to do with other elements that come into play in this movie. Okay. It has to do with the occult. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So I have a student who told me this story about a relative of theirs. Okay. Okay. And I'm probably going to get some details wrong, probably on purpose. That's okay. Just to kind of protect sure, things sure. that are involved here. But this is the gist of the story. Okay. My student has a relative who doesn't really believe in demons or angels or anything supernatural like that. Uh-huh. They think it's all just baloney, right? Mm-hmm. So they got their hands on a ritual. <gasps> To summon a devil no. or a demon. Mm-hmm. And so they got all the ingredients no. and they waited like for this. the right time and they performed this ritual. No. After they performed the ritual, they were like, oh, well, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But then that person started having sleep paralysis dreams. And in the sleep paralysis dreams, things were like coming to get them, coming to affect them, mm-hmm. trying to take over them. And it affected their ability to do anything during the day. They were getting bad grades. They were not able to work, not able to do any of their activities that they normally oh did. They weren't able to do anything. Sure. Until another family member gave them a counter ritual. Oh. And that counter ritual was performed. Mm-hmm. Everything stopped. What? Yeah. They believe now. I hope so. That's so crazy. Isn't that a crazy story? Oh. But don't I was like, ooh, that's with things. Don't mess with the occult. Never. But that ties yeah, into the it movie. Totally ties yeah. in. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Right? Did you know that this was the scariest movie of all time? Really? Who ranked it that? Okay. Gigacalculator.com. It's a website that has many different types of calculators that you can use. Uh-huh. Calculated that hereditary is the scariest movie of all time by asking 150 volunteers to watch a selection of notorious horror, horror films for the first time uh-huh. while wearing heart monitors. <gasps> Hereditary caused pulses to rise to an average of 115 beats per minute, the highest compared to the other horror movies. Wow. Yeah, the average, so just to give you kind of a baseline, the, the average rate, resting heart rate is anywhere between 60 and 100 BPM. Second place was Saw. Oh God! Third place was the Babadook, which I might make us watch because uh, never heard of it. Okay, my opinion. Uh huh. It's terrible. Matt and I hate that movie. Well, then why are we going to watch it? <laughs> to tell people not to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't really want to watch it again. Okay. I'm sorry, but yeah, that was the third one. Check out their other movie ratings. It's so cool. It's it's cool to see how they rated that. But yeah, mm-hmm. apparently, this is the scariest movie of all time. Wow. Do you agree with that? It. 
it works on different levels than normal scary movies. You 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 have oh gosh, the psychological element of this mm-hmm. I think is what really drives oh, yeah. everything home in this movie. You do have like some blood and gory scenes you do from have a gore. traditional horror. You don't thing. Have, you have much jump. shocking moments. Not a lot of jump scares. No, not at all. You do have like a lot of creepy, very creepy moments. Yeah. Um, you do have a lot of things that dabble in occult practices mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things that dabble in supernatural things. Yeah. And then a lot of like just creepy occurrences, like when the there's a, a bird that smashes into a window. Oh, yeah. And, that's the jump scare. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's moments, but it's really the psych- psychological level, mm-hmm. the the acting emotions the emotions mm-hmm. that they pull from you because they're so raw mm-hmm. and so like not what you usually get in movies they really make you movie. go deep yeah they make you go deep and i love the way that they shoot the the doll houses and then all of a sudden that's like the real house in the opening scene i yeah. remember i texted you yes. and i was like i hate creepy doll houses and i was like <laughs> wait what because it turns into it looks the like real. their real house. Yeah. I learned that this was mostly filmed in Utah. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw the license plates, but the um, house scenes were were filmed inside a studio so that they could, like a big set sound design. Soundstage. Yeah, yeah. soundstage. So that they could do that cool effect of the doll and like the far away movement of yes. the house. And I thought that was the coolest It was element. so cool. That house was cool. That house was really cool. And I love that, you know, this, it's a thing. I think I texted you that too. It's a thing horror with movies. horror movies to have like really <laughs> awesome cool house houses. ever. That was such a cool house. So I want to give just a couple spoilers again. Go see the movie if you haven't. Please, yeah, see the movie. Okay. It's very hard to watch. Yes. It's really good. It's so good. Angela and I were texting back and forth afterwards, and I had to actually read about this because I didn't know. So Ellen is Annie's mother, Queen Lay or Queen Lee. Right? Yes. Apparently, she's the leader of an ancient witch coven. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, okay. okay. And then Wikipedia claims at the end, remember we're talking Steve bursts into flames and right. Annie's in shock and possessed. Yeah. Wikipedia claims that she's possessed by King Paimon himself. I didn't know that. So Annie was possessed by Her mom was by King Paimon. Paimon. So he's moving around. Okay. Until he finds his final host. Final host. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I guess. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Because she does speak when she gets possessed with Charlie's voice. That's right. Because it's Charlie that is Paimon. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this was incredibly scary and it's so hard to watch, but I watch it and I like watching it for some reason because I'm demented. Um, Yeah, this is one of my favorite horror movies, but Angela, what what would you rate it? This is going to be rated as much as I love it and hate it equally. Like I... Cause it's so hard, but it's so good, and like it's a it's a movie like that's speechless, gonna right? stick with you, yeah, in a, in kind of a weird good way. Yes, I don't understand how this movie <laughs> <understand>. affects you. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, but it's gonna. This is nine. It's gonna be high. It's it's good and it's hard right. and it's good. You know what's funny? Yeah. I, even though it's like one of my favorite favorite horror movies, I give it a nine too because of some of that confusion when we were talking and uh-huh. discussing and I was talking to my husband too. I was like, well, what, what happened there? Like why? And like this and that, and there's just, it's raw. Like you said, yeah. that's a really good word for it. But 
I was still left with a tiny bit of confusion. Yeah, it's confusing. And you can look up a lot yeah. of the things about it and yeah. then it makes it better. Sure. So when you start understanding what's going and on in the story it, unraveling yes. it more, that also makes it better. Yeah. And I think that appeals to us because we like to unravel things oh, and yes. figure out what... Oh, our yarn. Our yarn. <laughs> we like to unravel with we our unravel yarn. everything. Yes. But yeah, I give it a nine as well. Not a 10, a nine. A nine. Because I will watch it again. Just I, I have to put it in the back burner for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that you can watch on a lighthearted day. No, never. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where my 10 would probably come in is if it's a horror movie that I can watch. Over and over and over Yeah, again. like yeah. weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a crazy episode. I loved it. Uh, What's your yeah. takeaway though? Uh, don't drink coffee and eat prune pie. <laughs> <laughs> From me? From, uh, no, no, you're wonderful. I will but, make you a good prune pie. Even though I, 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 I can handle prunes, it's not my favorite. I'll make a prune pie. I don't like but, prunes, but I love, I love coffee. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh no. We just make sure make you know your who, food yourself. Yeah, I was gonna say, just make sure you know who's making your coffee. Yeah. And make sure they're in a good mood. No, you don't well, yes, in a good mood. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Don't piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess with that. Yeah, we'll see you stitchers. We'll see you stitchers. Uh,